Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where I'm your host Chris Loder and I'm joined as ever by Betfair's Mark Roski, former jockey Paul Callahan, and also as well joining us again this week is Izzy Phillips. I should also say as well this is our 100th episode so thanks to all the listeners over the last year or so that have been listening to all our podcasts and to and that continue to support us as well so yeah uh, uh thanks for uh, listening but uh before we get into the races where we'll be covering uh the action at sandown and aintree this weekend let's see how everyone is uh mark i'll come to you first how's it going um were you on cloudy glen last week remember i, I told you to have a have a saber on it it was on on that one uh, absolute carnage um there's a few people my friends as well my flatmate was on as well very small punter but he had a score on so he was definitely happy that weekend um absolute carnage i did think we were in a bit of trouble um up the running and especially i think i think there was a faller two or three out as well sort of helped us did was coming there a challenge um but yeah absolute scenes um i got 55s on on the exchange so i can't complain with that yeah, hopefully we can have some big price winners um, for, for the listeners this week again. Uh, Izzy, how's it going? Coming back uh, from your appearance at uh, Newbury last week on NAR TV? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I loved that, but I think someone said to me, and they were like, what was your highlight of the whole kind of thing? And I was like, well, I did have a 14 to 1 winner, so... I was pretty buzzing about that. I did Earl of the Cotswolds. Just my blind following of the Twist and Davis pays off once again. Yeah, they're always a bit of a, a marmite uh, yard for me. I, I'm either with them or against them. Or normally, I find <laughs> I, I, I can never read them. When I think I'm I'm with them, they, they disappoint. And then when I normally go against them, they 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 they, they go and win. But uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what they'll be running this weekend. Maybe they've got some runners we'll be getting our teeth stuck into. And how about you, Paul? How's it going? We've not spoken to you the last uh, few weeks. Work keeping you busy? And how's your Dundalk uh, presenting going? All is very good. Work and work all around and family life is keeping me on my toes. And uh, doing a bit of college work as well. We're heading to, towards assignments and, and whatnot. So yeah, we're keeping busy. Um, had a couple of a couple of nights presenting at Dundalk. Absolutely loved it. It was freezing, uh, freezing there last weekend. But um, yeah, it was great, great race, and we were treated to a couple of cracking finishes and whatnot. So it wasn't too long warming up, but um, hopefully we'll get a, another gig or two there during the new year. Um, would be quite nice. So it's great, great to get back racing again, and great to see the crowds back. It was the first night interestingly of the, the Christmas parties at Dundalk which was great and there was great atmosphere there was a nice crowd Everton was nice and safe and socially distant and um, a great atmosphere and like I said we were treated to to a number of cracking finishes so yeah wouldn't mind more to say that was nice yeah it's definitely getting to that time of year isn't it where the, the cold's coming in and uh, and the weather's turning but we've got top national hunt action to preview this week and hopefully that can uh, warm the hearts and it's Sandown where we're going to be going for our first race it's the 150 the close brothers Henry VIII novices chase a grade one over two miles and third time lucky is your current favorite here he had to bet and you have to say he's been quite impressive so far on both his starts over fences at Cheltenham however you have to say as well that this is a slightly hotter race than what he's been running in and definitely some worthy challenges. But uh, I'll come to Mark here first. Mark, third time lucky. Is, a, is he a favourite we want to be sticking with or, or do we want to be opposing? 
I think he's difficult to beat. I think he he done it well in the last the last twice at Cheltenham. Jumped very well. That's the main thing. He jumped very very well the last twice. Um, very impressed me. Six to four looks a fair price. I don't think that is that strong a race. I mean, I'm looking at the betting just now. I'm quite you know see Manila Drama and Warlord. I know they've got form linked in with Carlisle. I think the Donald McCain horse is quite smart, so I could see them two running into a place. Um, Edgerstone pretty short around four to one, but I think third time lucky six to four looks looks the right favourite. Um, Skeleton Yard, they're in decent form at the moment. With their runners, they're either hacking up or they're, they're out the three. That's the way they're running at the moment. Twenty three percent strike rate at the moment, but he's certainly not one that I'd be laying at six to four. I think I think six to four is a fair price for a backer. Interesting stuff. How about you, though? Is he are you siding with Mark with third time lucky? Um, yeah, I'm. I am with third time lucky. I just think that, like Mark said, he ran really well last time. If you look at um, like El Rodoto, he's only just had a run. So you're just trying to find anything then to beat third time lucky, and it seems quite hard. So I did have a little look at through the form, and I think being you know like stolen silver, I have a feeling might get a bit outclassed. Manila drama could run well, and then I had a look at do your job, and what I was quite interested to see was at Aintree in April actually beat third time lucky. So. There was something maybe to be said there. I don't know whether he might just run well, um, but just one to keep an eye on for me because if he's got if he's had his number before, there's no reason why he maybe couldn't again. But I think third time lucky obviously since has come out and done a lot more than he did at Aintree in April. But for me, that was just an interesting bit of form, something that I will keep an eye on, but I, I won't be opposing third time lucky. Interesting. Yeah, I think there was a, a big price winner a couple of years ago. This race was it Esprit de Large. I think he was about twenty to one shot when he won. So it's not impossible for an outsider to uh, to, to win this race. How about uh, you, um, Paul? We making it um, third time lucky with all three of us agreeing, or what were you thinking? I'm going to side with Manella Drama, who is yet to finish out of the first two ever. He's won from two open fences so far. He was just held by Warlord when the pair clashed in the graduation chase at Carlisle at the beginning of November. And he gets my vote here for Donald McCain and Brian Hughes. Mm, interesting. If I actually had to give my selection and nail my colours to the mast, I would actually go for Warlord. Can't believe no one's done their homework. Warlord won a race at Newton Abbott, which has subsequently been well franked. There was a horse in that called Witness Protection who won a really decent novice handicap at Chepstow which is red hot foot which has worked out really well Il Rodoto was in that race who hacked up at Newbury last week and also as well was in there was Rockstar Ronnie and he subsequently won his next two starts at Kempton I think that is the best piece of form in this race um I've been banging on about it for weeks so that's why I had to 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 to, uh, to say it but yeah Warlord I just think um I think he's on much better terms here he, he doesn't have to give as much weight away to Il Rodoto I could see maybe there being a little bit of a pace collapse here. Madonna drama and third time lucky go hard. I think he could be delivered late into the race, and if he's not deli- if he's delivered at the right time, I think he might just have enough to uh, to see it out. So warlord for me, but yeah, third time lucky is then for uh, Mark and Izzy and Paul is quite keen on the chances of Manala drama, who is a very consistent horse. We then are going to go to the two twenty five which is the feature race of the day. 
and Chakan Poursoir heads the betting. He's 11 to 10 best price. Numba Negra is next in. He's 9 to 4. We've got Grenatine, uh, who's 9 to 2. Hitman, 12 to 1. And Captain Guinness is the rank outsider at 14s. Paul, I'll come to you here. Uh, oh, I'll come to you here uh, first while you're free. Uh, Chakan Poursoir, um, is he a good thing? Yeah, I think so. Like he's rated, he's highest rated here um, of 176. He was last seen winning the, the Grade One Champion Chase at the Hunterstown Festival back in April, and I'd say Barra, I'm I don't know, not a race I'd be getting involved with betting wise. I'd be just sitting back and and enjoying this one. Um, you'd be thinking Barra disaster as the price and the rating suggests. Check first of all, you're yeah. looking forward. You'd be looking for something special here. I think. Yes, it, it might not be a. Uh... A huge field sides, but you have to say that there's definitely some interesting contenders, and it's going to be interesting to see how that rematch of the, of the champion chase goes. How about you, Izzy? Uh, are you siding with Shaken here? Yeah, I I'm very much the same as Paul. Really, I think that I'm just going to be sitting back and hoping for something quite special. I was all over Shaken for um, at Cheltenham, and I was obviously disappointed, as was many people, but. If you look at those form figures, that is just that little blip in there because he's since then come out and been amazing as well. So I'm just I'm expecting something really really special here. I think you've obviously got some good horses in the field. No one's saying you know they're not good, but I think it's just the fact that we probably all believe Shaq and Paul to be something something stratospheric. Interesting. I've always had my doubts personally about Shakam Porsoir. I think he's always been a little bit overhyped. I think people, I don't know, a couple of years ago thought he was better than Altior, but I, I, maybe that's why, why I've never taken to him because Altior for me has been the best two miler I, I've ever seen. So I, I, by the way, I came along, I should say, after Sprint to Sacra, so I never really appreciated him. So it's always been Altior for me. But yeah, Shakam Porsoir, you have to say on ratings, if he gets an easy time of things out in the front end, uh, probably will take all the beating. Captain Guinness, I thought was interesting. Um, he was held up the last day. He's normally been a bit keen and buzzy um, and been up there on the front end of things quite a few times during his career. So if he is held up, I wonder if, if he's going to be able to live with the likes of uh, Shakan if, if he if he does go forward. Um, how about you though, Mark? Are we making it a full house for Shakan here? You know, I, th- I think he could be vulnerable. Um, I want to take him on with uh, the bomb on Nubra Negra. Um, I can see Paul Callan laughing there. Um, I just think he could be vulnerable over the last year, similar to Cheltenham. I think Newbenegger was unlucky at Cheltenham, to be honest with you. Um, I think this sort of trip up the hill, I just, if he could be in front jumping the last, I think he'll get picked up by Newbenegger. See him trading short and running here. I think five to two, the scaling horses, his value, he's going to be absolutely cruising, isn't he? Um, I could just see Shaq and Persuade maybe falling in a hole of the running, his sander. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it wouldn't be the first time that he's been passed late on. I remember our Plusard did him a couple of years ago when he got a little bit tired uh, out in front. So it, it, it'd be interesting to see uh, how he is. I think it, obviously if he is anywhere near his best, I think he probably would win. But Nuba Negri, you know, he's definitely going the right way and is definitely probably the horse that we've not seen the best of yet in, in this race. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how would it goes. Be, would you be... Afraid of Harry maybe kicking kicking for home on the way to the first or not? Not really. What do you mean, Paul Callahan? What are you getting at here? Would you be afraid if he set sail for home like on the, the approach to the first fence? No. 
That's, I think I genuinely think Shaka will jump, jump the last in front of Harry Will come up up the round. That was a joke, by the way. Was only yeah, yeah. I, I know you're trying to troll you. I know you, you've not, not been here for a while. It's good. I've never trolled a jockey. I never trolled a jockey. Horses yeah. have to take some responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I mean Patrick Mullins as well. Are you, you concerned about that jockey booking or? No, no, I wouldn't. I'm not concerned about it. There's very you never hear. Like I genuinely don't give out about about any jockeys for the simple reason that generally 99.9% of them are well capable of riding yeah. horse given the ammunition and secondly you know you know yourself these jockeys are riding day in day out and if you're unhappy with how a jockey rides and whatnot, just don't back them he's very one dimensional though Shaq and he will go forward do you think there's anything in the race to spoil it maybe be brownie or board granatine Harry's just going to sit in behind yeah, you'd imagine so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just made the be- best horse win. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at it from a price point of view. If you're getting even money to field, I think that's value against Shackham. Yeah, not a race I'd be getting involved betting wise. Okay. I'd be just sitting back. I'd be looking looking to see something, hoping to see something special. Um, I'd love to if Shackham and, and Noob Negro were coming down to the, to the wings of the last upsides going hammer and tongs. Um, I'd be quite happy with that You'd be rubbing your hands, looking forward to a, a grandstand finish. But um, no, I, I think I think Shackman versus Wild will win. Much better. No, just the traditional. I could be going in there, right, Marcus? Yeah. No, we'll probably see. going on uh, the each way there. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Shackman each way, Paul. Each way on the extra place market. But um, no, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out then on Saturday in the Tingle Creek. So it's Shackman versus for. Paul and Izzy, I'll just give him the nod, even though I think Captain Guinness might run a, a big race. And um, Paul, uh, Mark, sorry, is keen on the chances of Nuba Negra. We then go to the three o'clock. It's the Betfair Exchange London National Handicap Chase. And Strictly a Dancer is going for the four-timer after some impressive wins at Cheltenham and Haydock. I'll come to Izzy here first, as she has not been first yet. Uh, Strictly a Dancer, um, do we like the look of his chances here or... Have we found something to take him on with? Well, when I was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I threw up massive question marks and was like, surely he can't do it again seven days later. And he completely, just completely proved me wrong. I'm still doing that same thing again where I'm like, really, again? I don't think so. And I've looked for even more reasons as to why not now. Um, so this is three mile four this race and if you have a look in the form figures the last time we went over anything like this was three mile five at Fakenham and the last three wins have been over three miles so I just wonder whether this is really like pushing your luck basically um so I've been looking in in sort of other places and I've had a little look at Day Shabba and he was second at Aintree and in that second entry is remastered. Now, if we'd done a pod last week, I'd have been all over remastered. I was absolutely gutted at Newbury. I think he was going so well. And I know, again, that race was over three mile. But I just think that actually that looks a good little bit of form, that race. It's not too bad. So just for the pure sense of just trying to take on Strictly Dancer now, I've decided to go for... They shabba, but so have quite a few people because nine to two. So I think you know this is a different market than the one we saw 
last week. Yeah, Day Shraba, interestingly, he actually won here um, a, a decent handicap, the Masters handicap, off a mark of uh, one three five um, uh, uh, earlier in the year, and um, he's 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 five pound higher now, but obviously he's in the Trevor Hemmings colours. He's still quite lightly raced, you know, for his age. Could still maybe have a little bit more improvement to come, and yeah, you have to say. He's definitely capable of running a big race. Paul, um, I'll come to you here. Strictly a dancer. Do you think he can do the four-timer? Yeah, I think he is probably, you know, he has every chance of doing it. I think this is wide open. Um, I would give it, you know, he cleared the key as a bit defined on ratings, was disappointing when last seen, but has a handy weight of 10 stone 6. Has a C-stone spirit, but does need to bounce back, having pulled up on season reappearance. Salty Boy was a good winner last time out. Mitchell Bastian claims three off 10 stone seven for David Bridgewater. But the one that I'm going to give a tentative nod to is the, for the yard and form here, the Colin Tizard train, Brendan Powell, ridden Christmas in April, who was back to form on both starts so far this season with a victory and a second place effort. He's already a grand national winner. He took the, the Devon national in the past. And I think he can play a leading hand if, Maintaining his form as the yard are into form, I think he can play a leading role come the business end of the London National. Yeah, the London National. Can he can he add another national to his CV? I remember he's actually got form with uh, the Labrox Trophy winner, uh, Cloudy Glen, when they met in the Southern National. So he's definitely a horse that likes competing in these kind of races. And yeah, like you say, with the yard back amongst the winners. You, you couldn't rule him out. So Christmas in April it is for Paul. Mark, how about you? Um, Strictly a dancer. I remember we, we were there at Ascot, weren't we? We were on the um, Empire Steel, wasn't it? Uh, for Sandy Thompson, we thought he was going to come and win the race, but he just uh, made a mistake, I think, didn't he, at the last? And then Strictly a dancer just uh, was able to um, put in a good leap and... Uh, and go past him uh, um, in the hundred last hundred yards or so. So, truly, dancer, are we making that mistake again? Oh, I want to take him on again. Obviously, he's up in the weights again, up seven pounds. I think this is slightly tougher. I agree with Paul Callahan on Christmas in April. I think def, definitely a dangerous one. Most um, stable in form. Brendan's riding very well. You know, I think could get this one out of three potentially. I mean, this thing is maybe four, five late in the place market. That's the way I'd be playing it. A quick turnaround from Haydock as well. Um, two weeks ago, a lot, a lot of racing. Um, to get this thing could catch up to him this time out. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he can prove us wrong. I, I think he's actually got quite a good chance in this race. Actually, I don't, I don't think he's actually that competitive. I think there's quite a few in here that aren't actually that well handicapped. I would love to put up Larry, but for me, I, I don't know if he's on a, a high enough mark now, and I'm not sure about the extra uh, stamina for him. Salty Boy as well has been a bit of a cliff horse for me in the past. However, I was finally rewarded when he took the Southern National at Pontwell. He's a bit of a quirky horse. I could see him maybe running on uh, into a place. But uh, yeah, I, th I think this is a little bit of a, of a tricky race to solve. So um, for Izzy, it's Dasa Abba. Um, Paul and Mark are in agreement there with Christmas in April. Maybe their Christmas might have to come in April. Who knows? Okay, so the next race we're looking at is the 335 at Sandown and Hudson de Grugy is your current favourite, looking for another course and distant success. Uh, Mark, are we with the favourite here or is there anything else uh, you'd like to take him on with? I'm with um, Harry Fry's Meteor. Um, pretty progressive, three runs. 
um, over hurdles for one in the Supreme. I'd appreciate it. Obviously, we appreciate absolutely hacked up that day. The winner's second favourite was one in the market. Um, I think off one four four. This one can still be dangerous. Um, you'd be hoping Harry Fire has this one fit first time out, but I don't think this is that competitive. Um, that's one I want to have in this race. The second one is I want to take uh, the top one, Donald McCain's Navajo Pass. Um, he's quite high in the weights of one uh, one four nine. Has had wind surgery, but you know, obviously got put away by Goshan, our favourite horse. But I think that sort of track didn't really suit him. Um, but if you look back at his run at Haydock, I mean, he beat Bouvedere four and four and a bit lengths. I think that form's okay. Um, Newtown boy as well. I think that form's okay. Musselburgh. Think of one four nine. He's he is high enough in the ways, but I still think he can be competitive. Um, I'm not sure what price he is. I mean, he's he's sixteen to one, twenty to one in places. So that'd be the two that I play against the field. We'll take Meteor and Navajo Pass against the field. Mm, interesting one there, Navajo Pass. I think I actually remember putting him up on this podcast when he beat Boober Dam. Yeah, one that, easy as well. Done it well, four one. Yeah, I think I when I remember putting him up, he was about eight to one. So, uh, so yeah, happy happy days there with uh, Navajo Pass. Um, Paul, I'll come to you here. I remember you had a, a sweet spot for um, for Benson last year. Um, uh, do we think he can win this this race again? I've actually opposed him. Um, difficult to oppose. He, you know, he does have the benefit of a run. He was fifth of eleven on season reappearance at the open meeting at Cheltenham behind Gowell Road. It's opening off this. I'm going to side with Elham Valley, who was 7-14 on soft ground at entry on seasonal reappearance. Should strip better here. Won a juvenile hurdle at this meeting last year and might just outrun his odds. He's around about the 10-1 to mark with Hattie Brennan and Fergal O'Brien. Has a handy handy weight also of 10-1. stone one. Yeah, he's one of the other course and distance specialists. Just going through the field, I, I can already see about four or five of these. So, yes, definitely could be one of those... Um, Courses for horses races. Uh, Izzy, how about you? Uh, what did you like in this one? I was doing exactly the same thing as you, Chris, and I was looking through and just quite surprised at how many course and distance winners there are in this particular race. Obviously, you have got Benson, as Paul said, ran out last time um, behind Gal Road at Cheltenham. I was looking at Navajo Pass, and it was entered in a race the other week and then it was pulled out as a long runner. Um, and I've been keeping an eye on Donald McCain's because been, they've been going quite well, actually. So he's quite interesting, but a lot of weight. Depends how he comes out after the wind surgery as well. So it'd probably be one to watch for me in terms of Navajo Pass. I've backed Hudson de Grugy a couple of times. It's one, and it clearly does love Sandown. Um, the Moors tend to do quite well there as a track as well. So I don't think I'll be opposing Hudson de Grugy. I think I'll be with her in this case. Yeah, I think he's quite a solid favourite there. Still the four-year-old gets the uh, gets the weight for age allowance as well. So, yeah, you definitely have to think he, he's going to go fairly close. So, yeah, an open open race there. So, Izzy's uh, with the favourite Hudson de Grugy, but also a positive mention for Navajo Pass. Uh, Mark is also keen on Navajo Pass, but his main selection is the Tollworth winner, Metier. And Paul as well wouldn't uh, put you off if you wanted an each-way uh, fancy on Ellen Valley. So they're the races at Sandown we're looking at, uh, we, we've looked at. We're then going to go to Aintree where we're looking at two of their main races there. The first one we're going to be looking at is the 205. It's the Unibet Many Clouds Chase. It's a grade two. And Protectorat is your current favourite. He's 6-4 to four at the top of the betting. We've got Native River 
in there as well. Uh, nine to four, uh, Imperial or another one of uh, Paul's favourite horses over the last year or so, and simply the bets as well at six to one and bigger. Uh, the rest I'll come to Izzy here first. Um, Protector, obviously, he's uh, six to four. Um, do we think he's a little bit too short here, and maybe we could take him on? I don't. I don't think he's too short. I mean, obviously, he was really, really running on, so it's quite difficult to kind of assess that race because realistically, I think you know had had he perhaps been a little bit closer to Midnight Shadow, he'd have probably got there. If I'm completely honest with you, I feel like you know. A lot of people watching that Midnight Shadow needed the post. <laughs> um, great victory, but Protectra, that was a really promising run. Um, I'm I love Native River. Native River is obviously an old favourite as well. So I think that it's just his age now, and obviously every time he runs, he does give a good show in. But I just wonder whether this is going to be a little bit too much for him at this point. I will probably have a sentimental um, on Native River just because it's Native River. But the one that I keep thinking to myself every time it runs, I think, oh, I'll keep an eye on it. Is Imperial Aura, and that's the last three runs it's had. So it's obviously unseated, pulled up, and then it's fell. So I, I, I would love to see Imperial Aura just see a race out because actually the form before that is quite strong. So I'm giving a really positive mention to three horses there, which isn't great. Um, one completely sentimental, but I think I'll be with I'll be with um, Protector App on the day um and probably just watching imperial aura yeah it's an interesting little puzzle there um yeah you kind of got the the, the, the new guard with protector out obviously stepping back out of handicap company native river obviously got a good record at this track but his age catching up with him yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting match how do you see this one mark i think tiger rules it's a place lee isn't it straight out <laughs> off the bat um we were, i think we tried to scheme and do this last time but he's a non-runner i think 16 to 1 if you lay this in the five place market maybe two to one maybe maybe three or four place market be all over that um I, I would have the two amigos um shorter than them 66 to 1 is quite a big price see that one on to a place potentially if they go quick and it turns into a bog um agree with uh izzy on native river i think this one, I backed this one in the Gold Cup against my bike. This one stays all day, but he is an 11-year-old. Um, it's going to be ridden prominently. He runs well at the course. You know, I think this is quite competitive. Um, it's not a race that I'll go mad on. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be laying a protector out of Dan Skelton's or in Native River because this one could just grind it out. Um, if you're going to be, think the, the, the way to play this is just to play Slay Tiger Roll, maybe the three and the four-place market, because I think the Imperial Laura as well is another one. Um it's not one I'd want to be taking on at short prices. Yeah, Imperial Ori is definitely one of those funny horses. I think he, he need, needs things, obviously, to, to, to fall his way. Um, and he needs to prove himself after the wheels have gone off a little bit on his recent starts. But it's interesting, everyone seems to be against Native River. I thought I thought this was his Gold Cup, literally. Um, just grind out from the front quite easily. You could see him just grinding out from well, I remember. The front. Lakeview Lad won this race last year when it was the weird race, wasn't it? When they omitted all the fences and wasn't there Santini in there? Frodon might have been in there as well. Um, 
So, so yeah, it has been a race, I think, for the older horses over the last couple of years. So maybe we're we're writing him off too early, but I'm quite sweet on his chances. Uh, I'll come to Paul next. Um, Paul, Protectorat, uh, are you going to give him your uh, seal of approval? I'll be looking to take him on. Good man. Uh, I don't think he's a, a, a you know an absolute certain. I do like to impose the favourites, as Mark well knows. Um, That's Native a lot River. of shape, <laughs> Welcome back. That's a lot of shape. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're 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 on to it now. Finally, you've been red pilled. Take them on. Lay them uh, on. I'll be looking to. Well, unless there's a, a, a re, if I see no reason to impose a favourite, then then I won't. But um, yeah, I think there's value to be had elsewhere. Native River runs with his heart in his sleeve um, first run of the season the, the only thing and I, I always say this like obviously he's not getting any any younger he's 11 now but at some stage with the amount of hard races and the, the amount of pressure that he puts himself under will those hard races at, at some stage take take their toll and today they haven't like he's been an incredible servant to connections like the longevity of his career I think he's a testament to Colin Tizard but, but a testament to, to himself as well like he's just been an incredible horse um, and an incredible sound horse as well. So you'd imagine he, he'll be there or thereabouts. Imperial Aura certainly echo what, what Izzy has said is his form up until three starts ago was, you know, he was bang there on every run. You know, he very rarely finished out of the first two. Then he unseated at, the, I think it was a downhill fence at Kenton, which is quite, it, it's not a very nice fence. I think it's the first or second fence past the, the winning post where you run slightly downhill. So I would have almost forgiven him that until he pulled up next time out at Cheltenham, and then that was in the that was in the Ryanair Chase, and then he fell at Haydock last time out. Now the Haydock fences, like he has plenty of experience. Like he's he's had nine starts over fences, but the Haydock fences aren't particularly. I think since they changed the course back in 05 or 06 and they brought in the portable fences, they don't ride as well as the the old the old Haydock fences. Um, and for me, I thought. The Haydock, that was geared more towards to suit the flat course as opposed to the national on course. Um, and the portable fences don't ride that particularly well. So if he didn't unseat at Kempton, I would nearly forgive him his fall the last day. He's going to be on, have to be on his A game here. Um, you know, if he's careful, you'd imagine he's just had a fall. His confidence after his last three runs, you'd imagine, wouldn't be sky high. So if he take if he you know, takes a second or two to think about jumping the first one or two fences. I'd imagine he will be a little bit careful over the first one or two connections. Kim Bailey will have done plenty of schooling on him. But if he is a little careful over the first two or three, if he takes a bit of time to warm up, the race could be over for Imperial Aura before it even starts. Um, got a Tiger Roll, obviously, wouldn't be getting involved with. Two amigos, yeah, he needs to step up on his form to, to outrun his odds. But He's been a decent, decent servant to, to Nicky Martin. I'm going to give a mention to Sam Brown. He would need to take a step forward. He's been quite fragile to train, but I know he's a horse that that connections think a lot of. And he was a good winner under Aidan Coleman. I think what I think it was January back in 2020. It was only a four-runner race, but I know he's quite a talented horse, and he's a horse that, that connections do like a lot. But a horse that I'm going to side with eventually is simply the bets. He's a horse that Gavin Sheehan likes a lot. He will need to rediscover some of his old form here to play a hand. But I think if he does, I think he's a serious chance of, of outrunning his odds. He's around about the 6-1 mark. So it's simply the bets for me. Mm, interesting opinions there from Paul. It all seems that uh, 
we all see that race slightly differently, but it'll definitely be an interesting spectacle. We're then going to go to the last race we're going to preview. Um, it's the 240 for the Unimet Beecher Handicap Chase. Uh, Snow Leopardess is your current favourite. She's at 11 to 2. McTotty is 13 to 2. We've got the Scottish Grand National winner in next. Mighty Thunder at 8 to 1. And bigger are the rest. I'll come to Paul here first. Paul, obviously, we always bang on about that you had a good spin here one time. It's kind of your uh, moment of fame. Um, who who do we like um, in, in this race? No, looking at the feature chase, I think Matt Toddy, course form is is important here. Matt Toddy, previous course winner, Peter Bowen, has a has a terrific record in the race, has a nice way to 10 stone six. Snow Leopard S was a good winner last time out. Nice way to 10 stone four. Mighty Thunder, I think, is one of interest for Lucinda Russell. Derek Fox takes the mount of obviously know what it takes to, to pop around entry with, with one for Arthur. Um, and jockeys as well. Like I said, it's important that there are horses that relish the Grand National Fences and also there are jockeys as well that will be absolutely dying to get out there at 2.40 on Saturday afternoon. And there'll be some as well that won't be looking forward to it as much as the others. Um, I'm going to take a chance on... It's wide open. I would have a bet just for a bit of crack in this. And a horse that I would come down with, he's not an each-way price, but it's Kimberly Candy was second in this race last year off 137. He lines up here off a mark of 150. He disappointed in the national. He never really had a cut at his fences from early on. He kind of the, the writing was on the wall for him. Johnny Burke takes over. I think Richard McLaren was on board back then. Johnny Burke is on board. It's his first run of the season and it probably could be his best. You know, he'll be fresh. He does seem to have a liking for these fences. And I think if he can get a, a nice get a, a you know get into a nice rhythm get over the first couple and um, get into a nice rhythm, hopefully get a good position and take it from there. I think Kimberly Candy can be there or thereabouts come the business end. Interesting from Paul. He gets in the odds on that because he loves Kim- Kimberly Candy. This has been one of, uh, 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 this has been a podcast full of um, Paul's old favourite horses and he's, gone, and he's gone with Kimberly Candy in the Beecher. So it'd be interesting to see if he can build on his second in this race last year. Um, I'll come to Izzy here. Izzy, who did you like uh, in the Beecher chase? I always find races like this really quite difficult because obviously you've got so many of your old favourites going. Um, I'll give a shout to just a couple. So Vierle on Rouge, for me, I know he's 12 years old, but again here, um, sorry to come up against you, Paul, but regular in this race and adding to his 2016 success when beating Kimberlite Candy by 24 lengths. <laughs> um, so I just have to like Vialion Rouge, really. Um, at 12, you never know, but stranger things have happened. Um, and for me, going down the Tristan Davies route, quite like check it out but I'd be interested to see because it's not really um it was second last time out and that was actually to Larry at Ascot um over two mile seven it's gone over three mile four and pulled up um gone over three mile a couple of times there's a few of these that are obviously I think probably better stayers than check it out but I just wonder whether as a sort of younger horse on the scene, might have a good chance here. So just a couple of slightly bigger price runners from me there. 
interesting thoughts there from Izzy. And Mark, uh, you've got uh, the, the opportunity to take the floor last here. Um, who did you like in this one? There's two I wanted to take on. It's actually one of Paul Callahan's, Kimberly yeah. Candy. Um, I just think too high in the weights for me. Um, I think this one definitely needs further. Easily get outpaced. You're pulled up last time behind Manila Times in the big one. I think we're running off 150. I could easily I could easily see this one just out for a run, get dropped in the weights. I think long term the plan will be to run an entry in April. Um, another one was Chrissy's Dream again, similar profile. 162, I think that's high enough here. Um, both of them are single figure prices right now in the betting. Um, I think you want to be laying both of them in the place market. I think long term the plan will be to get the handicap marked down. So I'd be surprised if these ones are in the places. See them given a quiet ride, an educational ride, as they like to call it. Um, Chrissy Stream's def- definitely very high in the weights. That's one you definitely want to be taking on in the place market. Interesting thoughts. I would say, though, he does have a, a good record fresh. So 162, though, over three miles. I think he needs at least another five furlongs. Possibly, but I'm hoping he's going to do the business. No, he's not really my selection, <laughs> even, though he's, even though he's got the same name as me. Um, but that, 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 it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. He's always been proven to be a good horse, but you like to say maybe the, the mark is a little bit high in the weight. I'm just going to give a, a shout out to Via De La Rosa for David Pipe. I put this one up last time when he finished fourth here in the Grand Sefton. I just think he's really interesting. A French recruit um, that made his debut for David Pipe over the entry fences. He's now having his second run for David Pipe over the entry fences again. Just really interesting that they brought a nine-year-old who's got plenty of experience over in France. Uh, they often say maybe like the, the French uh, jump scene isn't too dissimilar from some of the national fences. So an interesting horse. Gets bottom weight. He's off 130, 20-1. Might be suited by a bit further, possibly. But um, I'm sure he's an interesting horse. And if you want an each-way fancy, I wouldn't put you off him if you wanted to, to, to back him. But uh, yeah, again, interesting thoughts there from the panel on the beach of Tage. Um, Paul likes Kimberlite Candy. Uh, Izzy wouldn't put you off. Uh, check it out or Vu Leon Rouge. And Mark is very keen to oppose Kimberlite Candy and the appropriately named Chris is Dream. So that's it then for uh, this week's podcast. Thanks uh, for Mark, Izzy, and Paul giving up their time. Hopefully, we can have uh, some winners for the listeners this week. Please remember as well to subscribe to us on all our podcast platforms at Spotify, uh, SoundCloud and Apple. And you can also follow us as well on social media where we're on Twitter at In The Saddle Pod. So thanks again for listening. Hopefully we can have some winners for you this week and we'll be seeing you again soon.